Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Craig. Hey there, guys. And Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? So this is a special edition of the podcast. This is one we've been waiting for for a long time. This is the Masters Preview. Adam, why don't you give us a little rundown of what we're going to talk about this episode? Yeah, so we're going to go right into our picks, our picks to win, our sleepers, our fade, our top Canadian, and our one and done. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means to have the Masters in November, some of the changes we might see. Uh, We'll do a deep dive into the field, who's in, who's out. And then we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite Masters moment. Some, we're going to go deep into some history Ooh. here. Talk, yeah. Talk I'm about throwing out a wild prediction right now. I bet you Kevin's involves Tiger. Yeah. It involves some red. Shocker. Oh, it involves some red. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I get those goosebumps going. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's just dive right into it. We're not going to sugarcoat anything here. Picks to win. Adam, let's hear your pick to win the 2020 Masters. I'm up first, hey? You're yeah. up first. Okay, so I'm going, I feel like a little bit pressured. We're, when are we taping this? It's Friday, November 6th. I feel like I've got enough research in. I feel like I'm 95% of the way there, but I'm, I'm just shooting my shot. My pick to win, Rory McIlroy. Oh, Rory, there completing the go. Grand Slam. Completes the Grand Slam. So wh- what do we know about Rory and the Masters? We go back to 2011. He's a 21-year-old kid, and he has the famous heartbreaking collapse on 10 T he hits he just sprays it left it's the first time it's the first time I knew that there was cottages on the yeah, course there, there's, there's things over on that left side that no one that. knew existed <laughs> yeah. until that I'm not I mean I don't have the complete masses history but I didn't know there was homes on the course that, so then Rory's standing in between these homes he gets it onto the fairway then he gets it way left again he hits a tree like he just unravels completely unravels he didn't even finish in the top 10 that year I, I'm shocked he was 21 at that time. It seems yeah. too young, but anyway. There, yeah. There's what the like varying degrees of meltdown. That was total meltdown. That, that, was, that was complete meltdown. Hard. And like the highlights are great. He's got the big pants on. He's got like the shaggy hair. <laughs> a little chubbier like the, still. A little, yeah, some baby fat for sure. You um, know what? Can I just can I yeah. interject here and say one thing about that that I'll always remember is how after that round on the back of that of the 18th green he did an interview and that was the moment i was forever won over to rory he just said it like it was and answered the questions and didn't hide from anything and i just had nothing but respect for him after that moment so So, anyway speaking of rebounds 2011 us open right next boom he crushes the field wins by (laughs) eight strokes i mean he's got four more majors as we talked about he's looking to complete the grand slam he's got his open he's got his pga he's got his us open he needs the Masters. He needs that green jacket. So recent history, what's he done? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all top 10 finishes. He hasn't, been, he hasn't really been close. In 18, he was in the final pairing. Well, I was going to say 18 green. was pretty close. He was in the final pairing, but I mean, he, he still wasn't really that close down the stretch. I mean, Patrick Reed kind of took that and won. He hasn't been really threatening that much, but I think November's, I mean... There's this, I feel like it's just a weird enough year that Rory completes the career grand slam. So, <laughs> so, so I've been, as you know, as we've been working away on different things here over the past few days, I've just, you know, there's five hour final round uh, masters yeah. videos on YouTube. So 
I'll just like throw it up. And 2018, like the broadcasters, they wanted Rory to win that thing so yeah. badly. That was an exciting uh, Reed year. Reed stumbled out of the gates, and and Rory, there was there was a time on the front nine where it looked like it was potentially going to be Rory's year, um, and then it didn't come together. But uh, and then a lot of people were hoping for Ricky, including me. I was yeah. hoping for Ricky. Yeah. And then yeah, so- Spieth, Spieth went on his run then too, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, Beath finished third. Ricky was second. Rory dropped all the way down to fifth, I believe, that year. Um, so, yeah, not... And then Rory hasn't really had that great of 2020. I mean, people think it's kind of off year for him, but the last five tournaments, he's been top 21 or better. So, I mean, his off is still better than the majority... Like, better than all but five golfers in the world, really. Um, well, yeah, so- and I think that's in part because... You know, the second half of, so say the calendar 2019, he was yeah. so dominant. Yeah. And then even going into the COVID break, he was like top five every week. Yeah. And then it's just since, since COVID with no fans, you know, for all of the reasons you want to come up with, it's been like, if it was any other golfer or, you know, uh, most other golfers, it'd be a pretty good stretch. But like for Rory, it's like, ah, this isn't, you know, like we see Rory kind of ho-hum. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he talked about not getting up for the fans and all that. And then we find out like his his wife's pregnant. So I, I think a baby comes along in September, I want to say, or late August, around there. Anyways, enough time has passed. I feel like the no fans, maybe there's a little bit less pressure on this master's trip, on this trip to Augusta for Rory. He's a new father. He's got a new outlook on things. I don't know. I just I just have this tingly feeling that Rory's going to make it happen this year. So he's my pick to win. Honestly, if all of my picks don't win and Rory wins, I'll be very happy. <laughs> you know what? I, it's, he's a guy you can't help. If he gets it, good on him. I it would just, love to see it. I, and I feel like there's few moments where you're really sleeping on a top five player in the world, you know? And I feel like nobody's really talking about him. He's not as, he's not as, as exciting of a pick as he has been in the past because there's so many guys out there that are exciting. Speaking of which, Craig, why don't you get to your pick? So my pick, um, I'm going Xander Shoffley. Ooh, X-Man. The X-Man. So, you know, one of the things, Adam loves to come up with all these formulas for people who are allowed to win at the Masters, or I forget if it's the Masters or any major. Do you Um, want to hear my, do you want to hear my formula? No. (laughs) (laughs) What, do they have to have a top 10 in a major and and win a turn, any kind of tournament in the past year? So it's the first major ever of the year so you need to go back a calendar year they need to have a top 10 in at least one major and one win in the calendar year before and that's worked out for like the last 15 masters champions i think except bubba just because bubba's odd like bubba's bubba. Bubba's <laughs> um, bubba. he's but, an outlier uh, i mean you'd also probably catch like most of the top golfers in the world yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that metric. um <laughs> Anyway, so so Xander, you know, one of the things I feel like you, we often look at as a Masters is Masters history. Like, do people come here and, uh, you, I mean, in very, very rare, I don't even know actually if this has ever happened, but people do rarely compete in their first year there. Um, yeah. So Xander has two starts. We saw him in 2018 come in, tied for 50th. We saw him come back last year in 2019, Tied for second. So, I mean, the the ascent of Xander in the golf world has been quick and has he's reached yeah. the highest levels. Like, people talk yeah. about him. The, the 
not the media talking about him, pros talk about him as if he's potentially the best player on tour. Um, I just, I think this guy has majors in the future. Uh, he has 13 starts. It seems like he should have more than 13 starts in majors, but right. 13 starts, seven top tens. That's six outrageous. times six times in 13 starts he's been sixth or better so like half of the time in majors he is in the very 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 top of the field um sorry kev you look like you got well yeah say. xander i mean xander's a guy who's got a lot of burn on this podcast already and i think everybody who listens to the podcast knows we're big on xander he's a big game player um, big game hunter his, we his, love his, we love the big game hunter the big game <laughs> hunter and his 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 game seems to to be what it takes to get to compete in these majors. And, I, I got um, a question. So, I mean, he's done all this recently. Is he sandbagging in his early twenties? Where's his low amateur like start? Where's all this? I, I think so. That sometimes you get people who, at the age of seventeen, eighteen, they're already you know they've been playing in the junior amateur yeah. system, and then the, they're top NCAA guys. Other times, I think you get the guys who they don't reach the peak until. They're in, you know, they they are in their 24, 23, 24, 25. Like, it's the same thing in other sports, too. Sometimes you'll see college football players that, like, you're like, man, this guy's, like, not going to be the best. And they're, they're like, better pros than the people who are awesome, you know? In fact, you know what? I think we always get um, so fascinated with these guys who are phenoms, but that's more um, common, really, is for guys to take a little bit of a slower ascent and then, yeah, be kind of hit their peak when they're in their mid adults like when they, yeah, yeah. yeah like actually adults um, well, i mean so, we're all still looking for our peaks right so well <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm gonna be past him <laughs> um so anyways just real quick form sense restart he's been awesome 13 starts top 25 and 12 of them five times he's been six or better so he's you know he, he's awesome he's been awesome this year so far <laughs> the other last thing i do think augusta whether you are a right-handed player that draws the ball or a left-handed player that plays a cut, I think it favors people who move the ball right to left. Uh, and Xander is one of those people who that's his natural, um, Interesting. his yeah. natural ball flight. So that's the last thing, last thing that I want to get put out there for people. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like Rory's it. too. But Rory, that is Rory's too. It went as far as the cabins. To Sometimes a little there. bit too far left. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm, you know, you guys got Rory, Xander, a couple, couple big game hunters there so far. I'm going to stick with that. I, I, well, so I don't <laughs> know if Rory is a big game hunter. I think Rory might be the big game. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's true. Well, maybe this guy's the big game too, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is my pick to win the 2020 Masters. Um, Justin Thomas has four career starts in the Masters so far. T39, T22, T17, T12. I don't know if you guys see the trend there, but it's improving. Steady improvement. So it sounds like he's due for like a T6. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking (laughs) he's going to make a bigger jump than that. (laughs) Justin Thomas, he's been up at the top of leaderboards throughout the year before the restart yeah. after the restart my i first picked him to win the masters uh after the president's cup in december um that, i was super excited about how good he was looking i think he had just won the cj cup and then mm-hmm. played in the president's cup and he looked awesome um yeah. so i i put a wager on him then and i'm happy i did i totally stand by it i think have his that, odds changed at all 
out of curiosity? I think they probably actually got worse. They've, they've gotten shorter. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you're feeling pretty good about your position. I feel, I'm feeling good about that, that <laughs> wager, yeah. But um, I, I just think he's he's ready to do it you know like there's not i don't i don't know that augusta necessarily is the the best fit for him you know like i'm not looking at things like that i just think he might be the best player right now um and i think he's he's totally motivated it's been a couple years since he had his major i think what was it was it 2018 or 2017 2017 pga Yeah. yeah so it's it's been a few years since he's had a major and he's definitely you know he's De- like right there in the top he, he's not three gonna, in the world. Like he's not going to remain at one major for very long. No, he's right. ready to take another one. And I, I just, you know, we everybody has been excited and anticipating this Masters for you know over a year. We we look forward to the Masters as soon as the the major the year before no the last major yeah. ends. And so that's been over a year now that we've been looking forward to this Masters yeah. and. I think the players do too. And, uh, you know, somebody like Justin Thomas, who's a, a buddy of Tigers, all these guys, the Masters is <laughs> the Masters is it. Like, all the other majors are great. The Masters is it. There's something special about they it. They want to be part of the club. They want to be part of the club. And I think JT wants to be part of the club. And I'm, I think he's is in as good a form as anybody. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't have my formulas. I don't have my models. I'm going with my gut here, guys. And I so the, say, so the one thing I say about JT that like I think all of these guys kind of have the thing they hang their hat on. And with JT, I think it's his his approach play, his hitting into greens. I think he has some of the best distance control. And you know, it, when you're playing a course with shaved all these shaved banks and everything, I think that is emphasized so much more than in these courses where you're you know it, you hit through you you miss your distance by a bit and then you're you're chipping out or you're playing off of it. Like if you yeah. roll down that bank and you have a hard comeback, you think 15, you you go over there and you got to come right. back and have that downhill chip to the towards the uh, water. Towards yeah. the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and his the short two game things, has been super impressive too. The two things that I think will be key for him to win it is driver and not you know like just not having the mistakes and then putting like when he yeah. when his putter's hot he can yeah. be awesome and he can make and let's huge face it, putts any any one of these top players can steal it with a hot putting week oh right? yeah so yeah um, th- that's you're rolling the dice when you're we're talking yeah. about like making picks it's just period, like but. with JT I feel like like with some of these like Rory for instance I think approach can be a huge question mark but for a right. JT I think that's locked in it's a matter of is he going Driver to get loose with his drive? Right. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I would say Augusta historically has been a course where you can get away with it a little bit. With yeah. a little bit of a... I tend to uh, agree with that. Being a little bit wild off the tee. So um, I did factor that into my decision. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> your your <laughs> so gut what, takes that into account. <laughs> it takes that into account. So, okay, so we, we, you know, maybe didn't venture too far to the top, like, six or seven <laughs> in the world there. So let's, let's talk about sleepers now. Um, Adam, do you want to start off sleepers? Yeah, so I guess... You we got say- the greatest sleeper from, like, five years ago, so why don't you leave it off? <laughs> uh, I guess we should say, like, what our uh, standard is. So a sleeper is, what do we say, 70 to 1? Or, well, like, some, or so, yeah, some, sometimes you go and you get sleepers who are, like... 30 to 1 and it's like yeah. well I mean yeah maybe that's like a sleeper as compared to the guys who are 10, I got a sleeper but... guys Bubba and Patrick Reed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not exactly. really a sleeper two Come past on. champions yeah okay <laughs> yeah. thanks go way out of the limb there 
So, no, so who's think, your sleeper? Well, I first want to say I, I don't know if there's anyone really longer than 70 that I think can win. So I, I, I'm taking someone that's a little bit close to my heart. Uh, I think there's an outside chance they can win, but more a top 10, a top 5 with my sleeper. It's sort of like everything would have to align. The stars would have to align. It'd have to be their like, Tom Watson moment to win. But like you're saying that if you were going to put money on them, you'd probably like the top 10 or the top 5 more than yeah. the outright win. Yes, exactly. Anyways, with all that being said, my sleeper is Lee Westwood oh. at 100 to 1. I like Lee it. I like it. Westwood. I've been talking about him for a while. I'm going to stick with what I've been talking about. I'm going with <laughs> Lee Westwood. All right. L- let me dive into it a little bit. He has a fantastic Masters history. The 2010 final pairing with Phil. Phil, I mean, we know 2010. Phil has that famous shot from the Pine Shot, right? He ends up second. Phil kind of does his thing. He does Phil. He ends up second. 2011. And, and Westwood- sorry, Westwood was the leader going into the final round. Like, he, he was the one who Phil took that from. Yeah, and Phil definitely took a little bit of both, but Phil, Phil took yeah. that. Um, 2011, T11. 2012, T3. 2013, T8. 2014, 7th. Now, I understand why Kevin thinks this is a great sleeper pick five years ago. That's kind of where I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't think he's a sleeper five years ago, though. I think he was closer to a favorite. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. He has a pick five years ago. <laughs> 2016, T2. 2016, Spieth collapse. Very, very memorable, epic collapse. Uh, Lee Westwood had a great eagle. Didn't have enough. Willett went and took that one. Uh, but he was T2 again in 2016. Fast forward. So he's I think, I think four- most of the golf world would have preferred Lee Westwood winning that over Danny Willett. Yeah, I think you might be right. Just, just legacy-wise. Maybe, maybe not Danny Willett, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe the rest. So he's over 40 now. 2018, he misses. 2019, he misses. He, he, he didn't qualify. He's not playing good enough golf to crack the top 50 in the world rankings or whatever it is. But 2019, we're at the Open Championship. And he gets a top four, which allows him to get a ticket back to the 2020 Masters. So back he's to been his, waiting his course. He's been well, waiting for this invite since 2019 Open Championship, and he's just been ready to go. Um, but okay, so that's great. That's his history. He has great history at Augusta. What's he been doing as of late? Since the end of August, he's played in seven events on the European Tour, not in PGA, but on the European Tour, and he is a top 20 in six of them. If we look at the entire Masters field in the past six months, Lee Westwood has the best strokes gained tee to green. Yes, it's different courses and he's playing in Europe, but number one strokes gained tee to green. He's great off the tee. He's up there. It would be, I mean, he doesn't have a major championship. He's been close so many times. It's, again, maybe it's just the stars align and he gets his well, green and, jacket and, and his legacy. Even if you want to discount the Euro Tour strokes gain versus PGA, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so still, if he's leading, right. then discount it. He's still doing pretty darn good. You know, like for a 100 to 1 shot, he's still yeah. in good form. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it would be amazing if he win, but I, I'm just happy if he's there on Sunday in contention. I think it would be a great story. Hopefully he can get... And hopefully this isn't his last Masters. He's now in the top 50 in the world, so hopefully he can kind of continue this hopefully he can get a win and play for the rest of his life yeah he also he was i want to say he was top 20 at the u.s open as well wasn't he i'd have to look that up 
Look it up here. Uh, but yeah. I, I want to say he was either 16th or 18th, um, tied for 16th or 18th uh, with the one tournament he has played over here. Um, but yeah, no, Lee Westwood. Oh, I mean, yeah, he has T13 this year at the US Open. That's T13. right. T13. Yeah, okay. Um, so there, you want to, you wanna, if anyone wants to discount him because it's all Euro Tour beaten up on the Euro Tour guys, then. Wingfoot. Yeah, Wingfoot. <laughs> that's about as tough as it gets. So it's just <laughs> yeah. outside the top 10 there. Um, I, I think, yeah, like, I think people would absolutely love it if Lee Westwood has his moment. And uh, the other thing, aside from his master's history he's also like the classic like he doesn't have a major does he no he doesn't so like he's got how many second places in majors i'm gonna say at least five so he's for got him three to... he's got six thirds <laughs> six thirds 12 yeah, so, top fives so yeah it would just be so so awesome to see him uh get one but it's a bit he's for, he's 47 he there's a lot of good young guys right now that he would have to fend off. So it would be a great story. It would be a storybook for sure. All right, Craig, I, I've heard enough Lee Westwood talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll take a few years off this. We'll go 20 years younger. I'm looking at Cameron Smith. He's 80 to one. He's a 27 year old Aussie. If you don't know who he is, um, Two PGA Tour wins. He's got two wins, uh, European Tour, but it's the Australian PGA Championship. Um, he has played three starts here. He's got three starts here, 2016, 18, and 19. May not have known. He had a fifth year before. I didn't actually know that till I oh. looked into him a bit more. 2018, he was uh, tied for fifths. So, uh, you know, not, not, you know, Rory, Dustin Johnson... Jordan Spieth type of history here. Oh, Tiger, I guess that's a good one too. But um, <laughs> but he has he has got into a top ten here before, uh, and he's got a great current form. Last seven starts, six top twenty fives, coming off mm. of a an eleventh at the CJ Cup and a tied for fourteen or sorry tied for fourth at Zozo. So he's in really good form. Uh, I think that so. Maybe it's just me, but some of these Aussies start to blend together, like Cameron Smith, Cameron Davis, uh, Cameron. I think there's a Cameron Percy too, isn't there? Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, regardless, pay attention to him. I think that there is a. a again, I I don't know if he's going to come out here and he's going to win the thing. But if you're looking for someone who is way down on that list that I think has a good chance of overperforming where they're at, uh, he'd be one to look at. Okay. Well, following that same theme, somebody who's, in my eyes, too far down, who is a gamer and loves nothing better than competition and might be the self-proclaimed greatest golfer ever, Ian Poulter. <laughs> <laughs> at, a, at 140 to 1, um, he is making his 15th Masters start. So he's he's got some some experience at the course, obviously. Um, his highest finish is T6th. Um, I just have seen him on the leaderboard a number of times, whether he's had some bad rounds in there at, at various times to kind of pull him out of contention. I think he's made the cut at the masters every time he's played it. Um, so he's a guy who, again, has played a lot, lots of experience, knows the course, likes competition at its highest level, gets up for the big events. I think it was, so Ian Poulter, he needed to make, he needed to win, I think, 
or come second to make the Masters a year or two ago, and he he had in the tournament before, and he did. Oh, <laughs> wow. so is... he, he he made a putt from like twenty feet and just gave a huge fist bump. I I could be off with that story, but um, it's, he essentially he's the ultimate competitor. When the stakes are the highest, he loves it. He and... loves the Ryder Cup. He loves the majors, you know. And someone who can hang with anybody on the greens, too. If he gets hot putting, totally. I mean, totally ooh, can. that can make up for almost everything out there. It doesn't matter. Is he like a classic, classic overachiever? Like, in terms of squeezing every bit out of the talent you have. Probably, and like, yeah. You know? And because and, he's, not, he's not like one of these guys where his, his floor is so high, he's always up there. It's like he, yeah. he can just raise <laughs> his ceiling sometimes to incredible heights. And if he got into the, into the final group with, like, Rory on Sunday, you know. Coin flip, you know. <laughs> co- coin flip. Ian Poulter, he's, he's going to believe he's, he's the the best player in that group and, and he's going to be not, slighted if people disagree if you believe it <laughs> so, so you know he got in he, he got into the 2020 masters with a top 12 at the 2019 masters that's how oh he needed okay. to get yeah. it to stick no but yeah. I, he I, might I'm have qualified that, in other ways as well but not this not this uh not this year but in the previous. past i know he's done that and my my deep deep sleeper oh sorry sorry just real quick got, on ian polter is Ian Poulter like Brendan Todd? If Brendan Todd kept doing this for like fifteen straight years, you know, uh, is he is uh, he that accurate? Well, like I Brendan think Todd Brendan just Todd, like just, just like think of fairways, fairways, so fairways, overachieving fairways. with the. I just think of overachieving with the putter and like not the best ball striking, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the personalities don't match enough there. No, it's kind of like no. yeah, the Rocky personalities Road don't. I just I would be more in like pl- <laughs> yeah, plain Rocky style. Road I feel is... like people that you're like, I don't understand how they get the finishes they do. You know, but yeah, they yeah. just they do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm gonna throw out a bonus deep, deep sleeper, and this is more like a make the cut kind of bet. Come on, give it to our boy Bernhard Longer. The guy oh, I loves like this place. Six hundred to one. I don't know what his odds. I haven't <laughs> seen odds to make the cut yet. Probably not going to win. Get him on the cut. He's going to get within ten strokes of that of that leader. So let's discuss the so cut. For we a, a we quick... talked about it on the last podcast, guys who have made the cut at sixty five or older. I think. Yeah, yes. I was just going to look up how old he is. He's sixty four, or I think he might be sixty five this year. So he could add his name to that list. Add his name to the list. Does it count? So, sorry, he's only sixty-three. So he's only sixty-three. So the so what yeah. the cut at the Masters um, is is it half the field or anybody within ten strokes? Within ten, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, and it usually is the anybody within ten strokes. I believe is it, is it half? Yeah, it's usually within ten. I don't know if it's half because it's already limited field, right? It's ninety-six. People. Yeah, I thought it was top something or anyone within ten. Okay, but it I, might not be. It might not be half because half be more seems pretty that. tight with yeah. how few people there are in it. I agree, um, but okay. So let's move on to our fades for this week. Now we're not gonna we're not gonna be you know fading guys sissies on like, this. I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna fade. You know. <sighs> Fred Couples or something like that. Although, well, I would hope Fred, not. <laughs> Fred, another how's great bet to make the cut. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're we're fading guys that are legitimate. You know, in, in fact, probably major winners in most cases. So let's go down the list. Why don't we start with you, Craig? 
Okay, so I, I feel like I'm taking a bit of a, a soft one here. Um, uh, oh, ooh, okay. Let's hear oh, it. Uh, maybe Adam, Adam disagrees with it. Okay, so so I'm Thane Brooks Kepka. I I get it. I know that he's the he's the major performer uh, in terms of performing in the majors. <laughs> but uh, so. So when you say and soft, maybe like soft tissue, you mean? Soft tissue. So, you know, he's coming back from the knee injury. I think first things first. That's that's what we have. Everyone, everyone knows that. Uh, the thing to me, so, you know, since the restart, he has been in contention once. He has like a single time he's actually contended in a tournament. He, he was tied for second at the St. Jude. Um, he has two top tens. So like, you know, there's contention where you're potentially going to win and there's like the backdoor top tens that yeah, these guys right. always get when it's just like you they're... Can, they're... You know, don't forget the PGA Championship too, though. He was in contention in that. He didn't finish well, but he was in contention. Yeah. yeah I, he was talking some smack there. Yeah, he, he was talking some serious smack about how much he was in contention, in fact. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, but, okay, so so... I I think one of the things that we miss a little bit with Brooks Kepka is how good he is off the tee or or how good he right. when he when he won what was it four majors no two uh, four majors four majors man that's more than I thought yeah. it always it always is more than it feels like it should be um, four and seven starts is what he did so when he won those majors 2017 he won one 2018 he won two 2019 he won one his his strokes gain off the tee those years, the lowest it was was 0. 0.6. In 2018, it was like almost 0. 0.9. So like those are yeah. elite. Those are, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, especially the 0. 0.9. That's that's top five numbers in, in the PGA. In the last three months, he's losing strokes off the tee. So if if you're up, if you're someone like Brooks, where it's about, you know, you, you need to be overpowered. Like if Rory's losing strokes off the tee, we're not going to want to pick him to win a major, you know? It just he now through we are filming this on Friday. He is playing this week. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I guess he's done playing this week. But um, well, he made the cut. Oh, did he make it? Okay. Yeah, so through yeah. through two this week, he is gaining off the tee, but he's still losing strokes tee to green. So I just think if someone like him is not going to be striking the ball well, he's not good enough. Uh, he's not a good enough putter to make up for that. Like he needs to be firing on all cylinders as uh, for the type of player he is in order to win this thing. And maybe, maybe he goes in the last three months, he tosses that out the window and just looks like a completely different golfer, but I just don't see it happening. Right. You know, I agree with you, Craig. And to be perfectly honest, Brooks was going to be my fade until you claimed him. So I'm going to have to take a different route here. Um, but I, well, I feel like I need, there needs to be a counter argument to Brooks. Okay. Okay. Can fine. I have the floor for like uh, you a may, minute and you a half ha- here? Okay. I'll time you. Go. Okay. So Brooks, <laughs> we, he said, we said he has four major championships, right? Since his first major win, he's only had one start at Augusta. So he missed the 2018 one because of injury. He's won four majors since. He had one start at Augusta in 2019, and he was tied for second. A little guy named Big Cat Tiger took that one, but he was tied for second. That's the only time he's played this course as a major champion. I mean, it's Brooks. Like, he can turn but, it on but, at any so, time. He never, he never, he doesn't win regular PGH tournaments, he wins majors. So Listen, you it, can't discount him. You can't at discount the, at him. At the 2019 but... Masters, he would have been coming off of 0.9 strokes gain off the tee, and I would not have faded him. You know, so 
I, I get you. He when he's on his form, I would never fade him in a major. But I just his game is not in a great place right now. Um, that said, these great players sometimes can turn it around on a dime. So that's that's exactly. It. I think for. 90% of the field, you need to be coming into form to win majors. For those top 10%, uh, have it be Rom or DJ Brooks can turn it on. He can he can be plus 1.1 off the tee this week just out of nowhere. And so listen, I mean, like I said, we're not taking we're not taking like weak fades here. We're taking yeah, of guys course, that of course. like are uh, potentially top 10, top 20. You know, I don't know how what your fate is, Adam, but I know. I just had to say my piece. I had to put okay, it out okay. there. Okay, okay. So, of course, you can make a narrative for Brooks, but I agree with Craig. I think that he's not. He hasn't shown the form of late that I could back him at this point, especially with where he's at on on the you know with his betting line. It's it's too high. Yeah. Or it's too short. I guess I should say. Um, I will not be backing Brooks. Maybe a miscut bet. Brooks, no. Man, I don't know, if, I don't know if I'd go that he's, far. But he's going to be choked. To be fair, yeah. not, I don't think I will be either. I just wanted to... You went yeah, to Canada, and right. I think it's Actually, good to have the. When he listens to the pod now, he's probably this is going to be enough bulletin. He's it's like I'm going to be like Shambly. He's going to yeah put up you. a clown picture of me, and he's going to come after I'm getting me. an invite to wherever his house is in San Diego, and you guys aren't. Um, so... Like I said, I was thinking Brooks as well, but because Craig took him, I'm going to go with somebody who's got even shorter odds. A um, lot of talk about this guy leading into it. The big guy, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> you know, <gig> Bryson. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just not on board. I'm not buying that this this 48-inch driver is going to, blow away Augusta you know what he's gonna be lost without his greens book he's not gonna know how many degrees of slope there are and he's gonna panic and he's 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 not gonna be able to handle Augusta he doesn't have you know he's only started at Augusta three times t29 t38 t21 like nothing special no um you know I know he's got he's got distance and if he's using short irons to get into these greens yeah, he's going to have an advantage, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think there's other guys that are, you know, more complete all around. Um, and I am fading Bryson DeChambeau, the favorite, I might add. I'm yeah, fading he him. is he's the not, favorite. He's not going to win. Nope, I so, don't So I think, I think one of the other things to me, like Bryson has such a calculated approach to everything. And you, there's times during the U.S. Open that you could hear them talk, him and his caddy talking through, uh, you know, clubs and distances. And, and they would put a, an estimate on how much loss they think they're going to get due to the rough as a percentage of the shot and all this kind of stuff. I think that Augusta, so, you know, distances are so important there. Like the, the, what you're hitting, you, you, maybe you have a, a few yards buffers on some of these shots if you're going to try to right. go at it. Um, there's so many times there that you're on side hills and you're on downhill. Like there's so many variables there that I feel like the mechanical player that he is, that's a bit of a, I think that's a bit of a concern. Like think about Bubba Watson. Like he is someone who, who he's like, yeah, it balls a little below my feet. So I'll just like do some goofy things. And you know, (laughs) I, I, I feel like, 
you can't you, you, and think think about like somebody like patrick reed even you know oh this is a tough lie oh, i'm just gonna improve it and then you know <laughs> wow. um that's but like i feel like you can't calculate your way around augusta and i think that's what he's going to try to do uh i mean that said if he yeah I don't I, so, put it. Past, I'm not. I'm not going full fade. I'm not going full back. I, I right. Okay. So, with... sorry, Adam. Let me just interject there yeah. for a second. I'm not saying he's going to miss the cut. I would not be oh, surprised yeah, yeah. to see him no, in the top us, yeah. ten, top five, even. I'm just saying he's not going to win. Yeah. That's my. I also, that's my like, to me, I don't think he should have the shortest odds. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that I too. I completely agree. Uh, I was just going to say, I agree with everything Craig says. I think his putting kind of gets overblown and then no greens book. I think he'll be fine because he, he is a really good putter. But mm-hmm. I think it, you don't have a flat lie at Augusta. So he's going to like it. And yeah, he can spray a little bit. But his advantage at the US Open was his strength through that rough. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think he has that advantage here. Like you need to be more f- finesse with your approach. It's it is some science, but it is also an art too. And I think if anything's going to kind of be his downfall, it's going to be his approach into those greens. Yeah. And, right, and Adam, you know what? Oh, On top sorry, of that, Craig. like wind and swirling winds and balls yeah. not feeling the wind and then it gets above the trees and all of a sudden it hits it. Like I, I don't underestimate his ability to take these things into account. I just don't know if he's going to be the, like, I think there's potentially people who are more naturals at taking the uncertainties and, yeah. and he's more at like trying to make everything into certainties. So yeah. you talk about the wind above the trees. So number 12 at, a, at Augusta is obviously historic. Mm-hmm. Last year, so it was, it was Brooks, Molinari, was crazy. Tiger Finau. hit a different shot because he knew. Yeah, Tiger <laughs> knew, so he hit a different... No, but all those guys who were in contention, obviously playing well, all hit it in the water. You and saw that's not, everyone come through there, and they all and, had the same miss. And you're like, pro go- the best pro golfers in the world are, are being not... fooled. They're yeah, being yeah. fooled by this, and and it's just it's knowing the course like Tiger did, yeah, to play to the not play to the flag like it seemed like he could, but to play to the middle of the green. And I just those like calculate like you can't. It's, it's, but, but even it's, if they made the decision to play to the middle of the green, it was the fact that I, I forget if it was ballooning up more than they expected or what yeah. exactly the wind was doing to it. But it's the fact that he's still playing to the middle of the green. He knew how to get it to, to that distance. Yeah, so whereas exactly. the other guys didn't, they couldn't, it wasn't natural to them it, to hit that exactly. shot to get it there. Yeah. Okay. Enough time on Bryson. Adam, who do you got for your fade? I got. Colin Morikawa as my fade. Ooh. So we've got think... both the major winners since the, since both the break ma- here. That's, hey, yeah. that's right. Both major winners. Yeah. So Morikawa, first ever Masters. There we go. That's enough right there. I think he's 10th or top 15 at least in terms of like odds to win. Since 1936, only one player has won his Masters on first attempt. It, it, so it since just... what, 36? Since 1936, only one player has... Which was like has... almost the first year this thing happened. So that might have just been someone had to win it that year. Yeah, I think a couple of... No, no, this is since and There's a, like two in the first three years or oh, something. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> um, but only once since. It just doesn't happen. So he had that great win in San Francisco in the summer. Yes, he looked good. He He's one of the best approach players in the game. So he's probably going to be around on the weekend. I don't discount that. This is just to win. This season, since we started the new season with the Safeway Open, he ranks 242nd 
in strokes gained putting for the year. I mean, he has this weakness, and it's just getting worse and worse. Like, he's not improving on it as of late, and you you, you can't have that form at Augusta National. You can't be putting that poorly. And then since his PGA Championship win, he's played in six events. He has three missed cuts and one top 10, and the top 10 was in that 30-person Tour Championship field. Yeah, um, sounds like someone's been listening to my stock down segment because uh, I'd have to say I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just... He shouldn't. Yes, he's going to be a great player for a while, and he, he might. And I think I think he'll actually ride. be a good player at Augusta. I agree. It just so, you can't come out and do this on your first try. I, I get you won that PGA Championship. That's awesome. You need the Masters to break you in a little bit. The other thing that you mentioned before is is this is a course that tends to favor guys that play it left to right and uh, or sorry, right to left, right to left, and, left and, right. And, right. Uh, Morikawa was known for his his fade. That's now that said, people people have won it that are natural faders. Yeah, it's yeah. it's true, but I think it's it's more difficult. It's it more takes favorable a little bit more to people who yeah. precision. Yeah, and so you know, someone who who definitely favors that shot, uh, it will be a little bit more difficult. Now, but not the, to say the, he 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 won't get one one day either. The one thing yeah. I can't remember was the PGA his first major that he ever played I, in. Yeah. I can't remember. First or maybe or second, first major as a pro or something like that. Yeah, but, something like but that. But like, you know, he has shown that he can buck these trends and just, it doesn't matter that he doesn't have the... So he, he was 35th at the US Open in 2019. Next major was a PGA Championship. He won that and then cut at this year's US Open. Okay. So he's no. got a cut, mid-pack, and a win. <laughs> yeah. I, so like in, a, like, in a lot of ways, I agree with you, and especially with the putting right now from what we've seen from him. I do think... Uh, just you know the fading I just think his precision as a ball striker is going to maybe not this year but is going to make him very competitive at Augusta once I he agree. once he I figures agree. it yep. all out I think so too. I got him locked in for 2022 as my one and done don't worry <laughs> oh wow penned in it's not even pencil <laughs> wow. hasn't even qualified yet but I guess you're just taking that for uh for granted um, okay, well, let's move into Actually, he maybe did qualify with his I think, yeah, PGA I was say, Championship I think <laughs> Oh, did he actually? <laughs> well, he'd be pretty close. <laughs> oh, my bad. All right, well, let's get into one now that's near and dear to our hearts. Top Canadian. Craig, why don't you kick us off with this one? Okay, so we've actually had pretty good competitive Top Canadian runs here in the last few weeks. Thanks, um, thanks in part to Canadians performing fantastic, I might add. Yeah, we, we definitely have more depth. This would not have been the best thing back in 2005 or when it was like, you know, maybe <laughs> we're in Ames and you're picking between one of the two of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've got Corey Connors here. I am, I mean, first off, we all know how good he is as a ball, as a ball striker. Uh, yeah. He's one of the best ball strikers in the on the PGA Tour. It's just a matter of his putting. Uh, he has shown very good form of recent. Um, he was 17th, uh, what, three or four weeks ago at Sanderson, and then a top 10 at Zozo, and that was, what, last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks and ago, yeah. Right now, he's tied for fourth at the Houston Open. So, I mean, maybe, maybe by the time you're listening to this, he might be have raised the trophy there with a with a win going into the Masters. Who knows? Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, no, like I mean, I just I think we all know we we've spoken about Corey Connors a bunch on this. I think we know how good he can be as a ball striker. It's just a matter of if he can putt. He does have two starts here before. Um, 
unfortunately his best finish is only a top uh, tied for 46 right now but i think that he you know it, it, so he has a 2015 start and i'm not sure whether that was amateur or professional but uh then he's last year he was tied for 46 so you know what he's he's a better player every he's a different player down. i would say i feel, I feel yeah. like he is i mean loads more confidence i mean compared yeah. to those years um, i agree so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think that his precision as a ball striker gives him a chance. He just has to putt. Yep. Stay out of trouble and putt. That's what he's got to do. Um, I am gonna go with my boy Mackenzie Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes has played in the Masters once before. Um, he talked about how he he didn't have the best Masters experience because it was a year um, that had a lot of rain during the week leading mm-hmm. up. And so he didn't. He only got about nine holes in, I think he said, as a of of practice rounds practice, because right. they were rained out. I believe the par three was rained out that year too. Um, and then the course. So this is a great second to Masters for him. Then, <laughs> yeah, so, no kidding. So th- that that being his first, this is he knows what he's you know. They're expecting the same thing essentially this week. A, a lot of rain during, and we're going to get into this later. But a lot of rain in the week. Um, right through thursday friday so he's he's played in that those conditions before at augusta in fact that's all he's played in because unfortunately missed the cut in his first go around um he's also he's qualified for next year so um he's he's qualified for the 2021 so this is a little bit of a tune-up for him maybe i'm looking for him to get out there get some reps he wants to play four rounds he doesn't want two rounds this year he wants four rounds he wants to get to that sunny weekend that we're looking forward to so um you know i'm looking for my boy to kind of get to the weekend and, and see what he can do. Climb the leaderboard. You know, he's a grinder. That's McKenzie's yeah. game. He grinds. Yeah, he, so. That's, what, that's what I was going to say is I think that he's one of those people that can punch above his weight class. You know, like he, he I don't know. There's not, people to mention, he, not to mention his proficiency on the greens. I mean, well, that's if, what I mean. Putters, they can just like, they can oh. be more competitive than you feel like they should be. Cause they'll just, they'll do yeah. things that are, are, they feel like you're stealing strokes when they will like make it up and down where they left themselves 15 feet or something. Right. And, and despite any kind of weather they might get, Augusta has the sub air. They're going to suck the yeah. greens dry and they're going to be running smooth, uh, mm-hmm. smooth and fantastic. I guarantee it. So Mackenzie Hughes, watch for him. Top Canadian. I, yeah, I like it, but I was kind of confused. I was, I was, I left this one open for you guys to pick first and I was surprised that, uh, this guy was still hanging around for me, but my other namesake, Adam, going at, with Adam Hadwin. Uh, I feel like Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, they'll, they're, they're going to pop for tournaments and they're going to kind of they'll yeah, beat this Adam tournament. Hadwin. Perhaps in this tournament, but I feel like in the long term, the last few years, Adam Hadwin is still kind of the class of Canadian He's, he's the steady vet, I would say, of the Canadian. He's a steady vet. He's a little bit older. He's got, he's got a couple starts at the Masters, 36, 24. He's making cuts. I like it. In terms of form, he's positive in all strokes in categories in the last six months. So he's playing really clean right now. Last five starts, he hasn't missed a cut at all. I do love so, those balanced players too. When when there's no weakness, like when they're doing everything, even if they're they're doing nothing great, they're doing everything good. And, no. and I, yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about him. And I feel like Connors and Mackenzie Hughes, they can maybe pop. Maybe a little bit more volatile earlier in their career. I feel like Adam Hadwin's just kind of maybe more complete. Uh, uh, complete picture right now i like it so that's your pick that's my pick adam hadwin 
Top All right. Canadian. Well, there we go. We got we got three different Canadians. We're gonna be watching that one closely. Yeah. All right. Now you know. Now it gets these interesting. Picks, all these <laughs> other picks, you know, there's not there's not a lot tying us to them. You know, there's there's some bragging rights, but this is where it gets really interesting. All right. We're getting into the one and done, and this is one of six majors in this year's one and done. Right. Wow. Now this is yeah, also especially right. interesting because none of us know who the other people have picked yet. So the other the all no. these other picks, we we've seen who everyone we else knew. is picking, but. Yeah. This maybe is new to seen everyone. a little bit. This is a cheater. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get Adam to lead it off. Okay. Well, I'm not doing anything surprising here. I I said I was kind of worried because I feel like I did 95% of my research, but I'm sticking with them. I'm going Rory. I thought you might. All right. I mean, I can't pick Rory to win and not pick him as my one and done. Like, what am I doing if that's the case? So Rory, I uh, I don't know. It still makes me nervous. I'm kind of scared to, to really <laughs> plant my flag. I like it. I like it. He's my one and done. I just I I like him as a player. I think it's a it's gonna just cement that career grand slam for him. He's gonna dominate off the tee like he can. He's my pick. I like the double down. I respect it. Not yeah. only will I be happy because Rory wins, I'll also be happy because he'll knock Kevin out of the <laughs> top of the yeah. one and done. <laughs> well, maybe you don't know my pick yet, <laughs> Craig. I'm kicking it to you. So. You know, similarly, I don't think there's any surprises here. I am going with Patrick Reed. <laughs> what? Is that for real? Yeah, I'm going Patrick Reed. Um, so I still yes. feel like you're pulling our <laughs> No, I'm dead serious. I, I'm picking so Xander. So it is a surprise. It is a surprise. That's the joke. <laughs> Xander, I still think he's going to win it. But I might be saving Xander for a, you know, a course... Maybe wow. it's along the along the west coast of the United States. I don't know for sure yet, but uh, but maybe I'm saying. Hey, I was thinking Xander for Tory Pines. That's why I was going to call you a sucker for picking him here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so Patrick Reed. I feel like I'm going to pick him at some point over this uh, whatever 50 tournaments or, or something that we've got to pick guys here. I think that there is few places i like him better than right at at augusta wow. he obviously we know he's got the win on top of that if you didn't already know this he went to augusta state he has played here out of the normal season that people go here to prepare for it uh he i was i was reading an article about how he's talking about how it's going to be long and it's going to play longer it's going to be firm it's going to you know he he does he understands how the seasonality is going to affect it a bit now that you can understand it all you want you still have to go out there and execute it so it is what it is but i think he just has such a a good chance of achieving more here than he does of achieving at other courses so i'm taking him here and you know we've spoken about it a couple times he's a natural drawer of the ball i just think that uh yeah i'm taking patrick reed Oh, I don't know, Kevin, gross. do you want to say something? Like, uh, I, I have a couple points I want to make, but... I mean, it's gross. I feel like now i got to put a bet on Patrick Reed just in case Craig wins, <laughs> or in case he wins, and Craig also wins the one and done. I need something to make it, me feel a little better about it. So, um, so, so sorry, you, last, last one here, last one here, just to back it up a bit more. Um, last four tournaments, 14th at Zozo, tied for third at P, uh, BMW PGA over in Europe, 13th at US Open and 7th at the Tour Championship. Unfortunately, I know he's he's been in pretty decent form too. So, so what do so, you got? What do you got to say about it, Adam? Two comments. Um, 
Augusta State University wasn't his first college or his first choice, so I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to go into We don't need that, to get into ancient history. <laughs> I just want to say that. And the fact, he has his win in 2018. He doesn't have a top 20 at Augusta besides that. Yeah, and there's only one other year. So I, I, I went through the, I went through this. Uh, <laughs> there's only one other year he came in. So he, in 2018, he came in in good form. The year before, I, I forget what he ended up that year. It was like a 30-something or a 40-something. But that was the only other year he came in really in as good a form as he is in this year. So, so call it he's, he's one for two in terms of it, the years that he's come in with good form. But, yeah, I don't know. You've got to shoot your shots, man. I, I'm, yeah, I'm actually shocked at that one. But, hey. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll let Kev go here, but then I'll give you the two other ones that I, I, I flip, I, up until okay, the, okay. the deadline Kevin. here, I was, I was All indecisive. Right. All right. So mine, what I was, I was very tempted to take this person also as my winner, but I chose Justin Thomas as a safety pick, but my, I'm going to be going with my boy, Tony Finau as oh, my one. Like oh, I do like it. I, I, if anything, I'm a little bit wary to use him this early because I, he's once he gets on this winning train, he's just gonna go like wildfire. <laughs> and I do, I really legitimately think he has a chance to win it this week, uh, or I guess next week. Right. Um, but he has played the Masters twice. He has finished tie for tenth and tie for fifth. He, he no. played in the last group last year with Tiger. You can't get yeah, much he, better he experience than that. He fell to a fifth last year. Like oftentimes you see these fifth. top players, they like squeak out a backdoor fifth. No, he was he was there. You know, you the experience of of hitting one in the water on twelve on Sunday. He's got that. Now he's going to play to the middle of the green. <laughs> um, you know, I I couldn't get away from it. To be honest, I kept ah, looking for I like guys that. I wanted yep. I wanted to pick and that. I kept, you know, he's his odds are a bit longer than these. I was going to say, I like, really like him at his odds you know? too. Yeah, he's. I've I've already put a wager there too. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I think he's thirty three to one right now. Um, I think he's going to finish strong. I think he's going to finish high. I as as a one and done pick, I almost think it's a no brainer because I think he's going to be in the top ten. You I'd almost feel like it's unfair. <laughs> Kind of, I feel like it's unfair. I, the only thing I was debating is whether I wanted to wait until he had already won once or twice and then play him in next year's Masters. You know, like <laughs> so. Anyway, Tony Fino is my, he's my boy. I picked I picked Mackenzie Hughes, my boy. I'm sticking with my boys here. They're gonna get it done, and Tony Fino is gonna maybe be uh, putting on that yeah. green jacket at the end of the week. We'll see. I like it. So, so I just want to quickly the one other person that I was really flip flopping with. For very similar reasons to Patrick Reed was Baba. I think that Baba, I, yeah, I knew. I'm surprised you Baba, didn't pick yeah. Baba to be honest. I just, yeah, there's just his. If you look at his Masters history too, it's a bit more inconsistent than I'd like to see. And I, I do like his form right now, but I just there. I don't know. It, it it was almost a coin flip for me. Like I literally had Baba's name down a couple times, and then I flipped it, and then I. Um, but yeah, the other name that we, no one has mentioned either as a win and actually I would have picked this guy to win, but I, I, when I put Xander in to win, I, I wanted to have my actual one and done pick as a secret. And I was still <laughs> considering this guy, uh, Dustin Johnson and yep. depending on what happens in the next two days, like that's the one thing I felt like if I put him in my one and done now, 
and then he didn't he kind of had an ugly weekend here then i'd be like oh man like i wish i could retract that one but right. uh well dustin johnson had the opposite of an ugly weekend at the u.s open when i used him in my one and done and that's part of the reason i have a lead yeah. right now so i've I'm already kidding. used him up i did consider him as my winning pick uh it was between justin thomas and dustin johnson and to be honest it's more of me rooting a little bit more for justin thomas is yeah. why i picked but dustin i've talked about him on the podcast before i had picked him at one point to win the next six majors so you know he's yeah. for sure so you already um, got him in as a pick anyways <laughs> yeah i got him in he's on the record uh, or i'm on the record saying that so you know yeah i i agree dustin very easily could take this week and you know like when you fade bryce and and i say uh, i say that i don't think he should be the shortest i think potentially dustin johnson should I be think the so shortest too. odds yeah I you know another guy nobody has mentioned here is is uh john rom, rom. Yeah. yeah yeah who <laughs> He's I got mean, I, as I've been watching these Masters uh, final rounds, he's definitely been relevant. He's in a, a yeah. few of them, yeah. 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 I, so. I, Kevin, I, I really like that Finau pick. Um, I was I was kind of getting there a little bit, but I thought I'm going to go a little, a, a little bit safer almost. That's how I felt I, see, with Rory. I, I almost think it, like Rory, I want to I catch him when Rory's like on a heater. And I, I, got, I got a few tournaments Rory. I'm considering Rory for. Yeah, uh, I got, I, I've got some penciled in in the back of my yeah, mind for a couple. You know, I just live week the, to week. The, the players <laughs> is a pretty big purse. Rory's played pretty well there. You know, There's also a PGA I, coming up at a place PGA. he's got pretty good history. Yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot about that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I also I don't know. No, no takes his back. I don't know where here. the Open Championship is too, but I feel like he's always. I'm sure he's gonna be a favorite there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. So, okay, guys, we've made our picks now. They're on the record. You can't yeah. take them back. Let's get into a quick note, a few quick notes about this year's tournament. So, first of all, we got a November Masters. It's never happened before, as far as I know. Um, how is it going to be different? What like? It's going to be beautiful. It is going to look so cool with the fall. I think like, it will Have you too, seen photos yeah. from this week or, or like the last little bit here? I don't I think haven't. so. Not of like the foliage. I mean, I, I've yeah, watched so the every, every is, single video that comes it's... up online for me about Sorry? them trimming. The, I've watched every single video that comes up <laughs> online about them trimming the cups and grooming it, opening the gates, whatever it might be. I'm watching it. But um, so, yeah, I guess so. Um, but I, I'm so excited to see how it looks, like you say, like the, the fall colors. And um, it's going to be spectacular. And like, you know, so I think we'll get well let's just talk about it. the fans and not having fans to me that, that's a huge part of it it's a huge part of it but like i also am kind of like it's a huge there's huge drawbacks to it but i'm also like really excited there's been a few courses we've gone to that i think it's really cool to see what this looks like without yes, there just being yeah. people ringing the whole yeah thing. totally and, and it's gonna be super cool to see we know exactly like where those people are every time they're in the mm-hmm. exact same spot right so i i also think that like you know at all these courses that we've seen since the restart where there's no fans there's always like a like a fair number of people kind of lingering about whether they're volunteers or you know uh Mm -hmm. maybe family of players or whatever they are um i kind of feel like at augusta you might just see nobody 
like they're these pretty tight in terms yeah, of yeah and, and, and like anybody who is there they're in their green jacks they're like blending they're hiding yeah. behind trees so they know they're not in certain shots or something like it's possible that there could just be like nobody there or do you, you think know? there's going to be like the high class high society like you're just gonna see oh there's condoleezza rice like behind the t-box oh, like, she's, yeah. she's a member so she she'll, she'll be in her she'll be in her man. green jacket as a marshal and you'll be like oh hey there's Condi. <laughs> yeah. she just found that like, ball for that person you <laughs> have to Officials, cool. <laughs> you have to have some officials out there and stuff, but I kind of just feel like they're going to try to make it so it's like a super unique. Like I hope they might do. Just That'd see, be so yeah, cool. I think it'd be really cool. And like so, we talked about on, on other podcasts, like what's it going to look without the grandstands there? Like that one mm-hmm. for me between 15 and 16, like that. Right. So I don't even know what that side looks like. It's just the grant. That's where the grandstands are and the, and the patrons. Right. So um, what's there, <laughs> you know? So I think with those those two things with it, I mean, being the pandemic year, I think the weather might get overplayed. I don't think there's actually going to be that much of a difference with the overseeding. I think they can make it play how they want it to make it play. And and you know what I've heard? I've heard the temperature is expected to be very, very similar to what it is. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. Yeah. So now, like I alluded to before, it is supposed to be wet from Monday to Friday. Um, So... It's going to be sloppy the first couple of days and they're probably not going to get as many practice rounds in potentially. Um, so we'll have to see there. Uh, but then it's supposed to be beautiful on Saturday, Sunday, which is, I mean, it makes for awesome view. And now, now the I one thing I was going to say though my... about the temperature, like the numbers might be the same, but let's be serious. A fall cold is much colder than a spring. Like, oh, it's it's sunny out. It's spring. It's so nice. A fall cold, you're like, oh, it's so chilly. I'm... Why do you think yeah. my picks are UK guys? I mean, come on. I know. They're, I got the mutters. Adjusted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about with that, or we, we Adam had mentioned, which I, I think is just, I was... Ludicrous, little ludicrous is uh the the different pin locations because they're going to be back-to-back masters or i just sorry don't think that that's... was not the brilliant insight i thought we were going to the next one that here oh, the next which one. is a yeah, brilliant no. insight the, i i thought it was ludicrous the back the new pin locations come on you think the i guess the committee whoever hey, is gonna be the sunday ones will be the same for sure they'll be the i was same. just throwing i was just throwing notes out there I don't know. Throwing ideas. I, I, okay. I spitballing. Fair enough. But let's, let, you know, these are people who just recently let women into their club like three <laughs> years ago. So quick, no, and move on. All yeah, right. Quick yeah. to change. <laughs> no. So what's, uh, the, but what's the, the next thing, insight, Craig? The brilliant is split tease. And you ask, what will it be like starting on Amen Corner? And, and I think that's the brilliant a, one to me. That's because, a brilliant uh, question. Like, yeah. that, we'll talk about a daunting first few holes like 10 11 12 and so this is this is a daylight thing right this is a yeah they need to get the rounds in and so for the just the first two days they'll be starting split tees i believe or is it is it on the week i'm assuming it's not well i mean i I mean okay so i actually looked it up so it's top 50 in ties or within 10 i mean we could get 80 people through right so we don't know I think it's I mean, it's up in the air for the weekend, actually. I don't know that they know for sure that they're not going to be doing split tees on the weekend. So, yeah, so, I mean, there's a, a couple things. There's AM, PM, PM, AM, and then first 10 or 10 first, right? So it mixes up different ways. As a newcomer, like, do you want to go AM first tee and just feel like there's a sense of, like, easing into Augusta? Or, like, I don't know. 
So typically, and like, I I was thinking about this recently, you know, we always do the showdown videos and and we talk about different things and where it's most advantageous to start. Uh, I feel like personally, I would rather go late on the first day and then go, you know, play until almost, especially this time of year, almost till it's dark. And then you wake up and you play first thing in the morning. Um, Yeah. That that feels like a better flow. You just like to have as much information as possible, and I know you'd be taking insights from the first round, and I think that's fair. But I, think it, that's- I mean, I also feel like if you were playing well, if if you don't play well, then I feel like potentially the, you know, like if you don't play well and then you have you don't have any, you maybe have a, a half hour or something you can squeeze in the range afterwards. Then I think that is worse. But uh, if you do play well and you have momentum, I feel like I would yeah. rather just like, okay, sweet, I'm gonna go to bed. I'm gonna keep this going in the morning. Otherwise, it's a full 24 hours you're waiting to get back, right? Mm-hmm. I, I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's it's really unlike any other Masters and in, in that people will be starting on the 10th tee. Like, that's that's a total game changer. It really is for the Masters experience. And, I, and that was something I wanted to mention is that I just – these guys who it's their first Masters experience, it's, it's, mm-hmm. kind, of a, it's kind of a bummer. Like, they're not going to get – they're not going to have the patrons there, which is yep. is like a huge part of it. Um, the part they're three. not going to be a par three contest, um, and then even the split tees, like that's I would be kind of I'd be like I don't want to start on ten. Man, if it was my first here, masters like, and like you know, there's some guys they don't know if they'll get another masters. It's not back, like they're yeah. it's not like they're definitely going to be. This is their first. Like Colin Morikawa, I think he's pretty safe in the fact he's going to have future masters. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't want. I'd want to go out there and start on one, and I would want to do that both days, you know, so that I'm yeah, I'm totally. in the groove of my round by the time I get over to the backside. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let's dig a little deeper into the field here. Um, obviously, you know, you're mentioning Morikawa. However, somebody like Victor Hovland, he's not even in the field this year because the yeah. the field was set in March. Victor Hovland, Daniel Berger. Um, so we're talking Victor Hovland, 24th in the world right now. Daniel right. Berger, 13th in the world. Aren't even in the tournament because it was said March. Which I think is fair that they had to have a cutoff at some point to set the field. Um, and they decided to do it like they did. And that's the way it is. These guys are going to be in for next year. Um, in, I think in it's 2024, I, I agree. But I still feel like they could have come up with a better... Like, yeah, maybe, I, but... I, I feel like obviously it's fair. They made the rules at the time and these are the, what the rules are. I just, if I were them, I would have had better ideas when I was brainstorming what we should do. <laughs> it's all, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, they have their traditions. They're going to stick with them. Nobody's going to convince them otherwise. It's just odd to see. I mean, it's usually limited feel, but 130, 140 players for a regular PGA Tour event. We're down to 95. Yeah, well, because, so uh, it's, it's always small. Like, that's a normal Masters right. team. It's just, to me, it's more, so like, I mean, this is the first time I think ever that, okay, so, so we're taking the field from April and then we're moving that six months ish into the future, but like, okay, then, so come up with some creative way. If there's people who like Berger or Hovland that it feels like it's not a smart thing. So like leave yourself five discretionary invites that you are going to leave at the time or, you know, whatever you want to do or, or they're your top alternates. And then if people can't play like, like Neiman, who we've just found out has tested positive for COVID is not going to be able to play. So like they're at the top of your list as alternates, but, but you know what, Craig, like, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, 
it's set. Who cares? This is yeah, these were the yeah. rules. This is the Masters. They do whatever they want. And like I agree with you, maybe they could have come up with something more you know, creative and left some spots, but whatever. It's maybe set. they could have had this black is the way they before did. the nineties. It's also you know? just like, bizarre. It's, it, we're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna change their minds until they want to change their minds. But it's no. bizarre in general because we're taking it from March till now. So all these winners who aren't in the field, like the week before, you're not gonna Carlos Ortiz, my sleeper this week, is not gonna play his his way play his way field. in. Yeah, it is. It and is you have people like Molinari way. who's played potentially six rounds. Did he miss make the cut? No, he he, 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 he made. He made. He's, he's actually he's playing good. good. I, I wanted to. I wanted I to mention some my sleeper. Some some guys who have played fairly well so far this week at the Houston Open the, of note: um, DJ, Finau, Adam Scott. So Jason DJ Day. is is especially intriguing to me too because he did not have a great first round and then had a really good second. Really round. good second round. Jason Day, who you know he's he's shown up on Masters leaderboards before, and Molinari. Molinari's at I think sitting at. 200 at the US Open. My my only point, though, a lot of time we're getting, like, people peeking into the Masters, and I feel like more so than ever before, we're going to have people limping in with wins from 20, like... It's just but a weird habit in so all many these ways. These guys though have known that this that they're in this Masters, and they're all trying to kind of work their game up to to be ready for this shot, right? Yeah. If you get in the top 12, you're there next year. You know, if yeah. this is your if this is your shot, shoot your shot. Well, and the they guys did. who the guys like the people who we feel like it's egregious they're not there, or like say they've won and and they don't otherwise qualify, like a Hudson Swafford. I'm pretty sure he is in for the April. Yeah. Masters. So, so yeah, yeah, course, it's not like course, these guys yeah. miss out on their chance to be in the Masters. It's more just um, this year they're not in this, this in this, this one. Year. If we could have provided some flexibility, but we don't, and that's it is what it is. You know, it's it's just uh, it's going to be different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, guys. I think uh, we're running a little long here. Why don't we kick it to our our favorite Masters moments, Craig? Why don't we start with you? Okay, so. I am a sucker for a good Australian victory. First, and I'm pretty sure only one here, uh, I'm going Adam Scott's win in 2013. Uh, so I was watching, I, of course, I'm going to go watch it. And I, I, it's, it's hard because there's two moments from it, I feel like, that need to be mentioned. Because, so 72nd hole, he's in the second last group. He has him and Cabrera are tied. Cabrera is in the group behind. And he has a putt that, I want to say, maybe 15-ish feet. Uh, and it's, it's actually somewhat similar to the one he ends up making later on. But it, uh, he makes a birdie. It, it's a snaking one that just sneaks in the bottom side and, and does the, like the full 360 as it drops, where right. it was so close to missing low side. Um, this is back when he had, I'm pretty sure it was anchored back then. I think he was anchored back then. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Um, but it's also, so like, I mean, take, take yourself back to 2013. This is when he's coming off the year before was his open championship. It's not a collapse because he was up for with four Mm, to play, but it was just like, he made bogeys getting himself into a bad spot on each hole. And like, that was a tough one. It was tough, and he handled it so well. Everyone, if you were not already an Adam Scott fan, you became an Adam Scott fan with how he handled himself after the Open Championship. Um, thing I didn't mention, 72nd hole, it's pouring rain. It is absolutely mm-hmm. pouring big raindrops. Adam Scott's in his white Uniqlo shirt. Looks like it should be already transparent by that point. Um, 
But yet, so anyways, Cabrera right behind him, now one down, knocks it absolutely stiff on 18, and then, you know, taps her in to, to push it to a playoff. They, uh, they both play 18, they both come up short, they both chip. Cabrera almost chipped it in for birdie. Um, right. Scott makes a good putt. They ended up tied there. They go to 10. Uh, Cabrera had, so they both fairway green. They both have, I want to say they were both inside 15 ish feet. Cabrera makes a beautiful putt. Like I, I actually like, until I went back to watch this, I forgot how well Cabrera played. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, he was already a masters champion at that point, yeah. but, yeah. um, he, he had a putt that like, it ended up an inch behind the hole but it like it had to break you know, two around. or three feet right. and you're like right. man like you could not hit a much better putt than that without it going in um and then so the door was open a crack and uh adam scott closed it with the huge putt there to um and then it was a little bit uncomfortable in our covid times because he's hugging and he's hugging uh what's his name the caddy and stevie Stevie Williams. Was it Stevie on the bag? Yeah, Yeah, it was. It it was his best Masters moment, Stevie Williams. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, so he's hugging him. Teaser alert, he might be a part of my favorite Masters moment as well. The other thing I love about it is Cabrera and Scott were uh, President's Cup teammates. And so Cabrera was like the most gracious winner. And like he genuinely, you know, like they always do the the hug handshake type thing. He like genuinely was like like happy for Alan Scott, even though he, yeah. it, it was one of these ones where like he did everything he could. He, he was, yeah. he was throwing yeah. his punches and Scott was just one better than him at the end. You know, it helps that he's one, one, two. It softens the yeah, sting it softens a little bit. The, blow. The, the one thing I remember about that masters, it felt like a win for Australia. Hey, Oh, well, yeah, so when like he made the, part, the, mer- like, the birdie pound 18, close. when he thought he won, I figured what he was exactly, but he yelled like, here we go, Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you scroll through the Masters history, and there's so, I mean, there's Greg Norman, but like Jason Day's been second. There's been a bunch of Aussies that have been there, but just never had it, right? Yeah, and yeah. Day was actually in contention in that one. And uh, yeah. So, Adam, what's your favorite Masters moment? Yeah, so I'm going back uh, just a couple years ago, Sergio. Sergio. <laughs> Sergio. Um, yeah, so 2017, I mean, Sergio, very entertaining career. I, I mean, back, I'm not going to go through his entire career. 1999, eyes closed, PGA Championship, around the tree. <laughs> yeah. Flash forward, 2017. Everyone's Still like, oh, this guy's going to have so many majors. <laughs> He's going to have all the things. Yeah, who knew eyes closed was going to be his thing that would... <laughs> elongate his career <laughs> um but yeah it's like how many majors is he gonna get he's gonna get tons right so through the next few decades he has 22 top 10s at major championships but he just can't close there's carnoustie where he's in the playoff and he just like he didn't get it done there in 2007 so we're at the masters 2017 he's in the final pairing with justin rose uh i've been watching a lot just like craig i mean the final broadcast is up on youtube i'm watching it it's back and forth sergio goes up early rose charges back it's back and forth sergio has a big eagle on 15 they're they're going down rose has a bogey on 17 they post the score at the 18 green that they're now tied and the patrons go crazy for sergio 
Like I feel for Justin Rose a little bit, but they just yeah, go. Yeah, and you you hate it when like you make a mistake and everyone loves it. Like ah oh, shoot, but they just go like bananas for Sergio. So they're on eighteen T. They're both in good position. They both could close. Uh, I mean the classic eighteen T pin location. Uh, Justin Rose has it kind of along there, along the bottom half of the green. He misses it. Sergio has a chance. He has, starts it outside the cup and it never goes in. They go to the playoff. Justin Rose sprays his a little bit. Sergio, boom, boom, boom. Birdie gets his win. Names his daughter Azalea the next year. Like it just all came together in like this magical Masters moment. Yeah, Sergio um, can rest easy. He can yeah. rest easy. He he then broke the record the next year for the highest score on a single. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, it's a cool one. We were all watching it together uh, in Winnipeg back back then. Um, yeah, it's just a cool moment. See, see Sergio get it done after all those years. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, I, I do remember it was watching cool. it, uh, and it was, I mean, yeah. I also was in the middle, you know, we were there for unfortunate reasons in Winnipeg, right. but I was also in the middle of writing my first year law school exams on top of that. <laughs> so I was like, I remember like trying to look at moments of the thing and like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kev. Um, yeah, it was, that was good. I do remember that. It was a good memory. Kev was like, yeah, great moment. Who, I was cheering who, against who Sergio. Who <laughs> Yeah, good for you, Sergio. It was, it was better memory, just you know who we were with, and you know that we were yeah. all together at that that time. But so, I mean, my favorite Masters moment is a lot of people's favorite Masters moment is it's 2005 Masters with Tiger, uh, the chip in. I mean, I don't really need to set the scene; everybody's <laughs> seen it. Um, but my scene at the time was I was watching it in the house with with my my university house with my boys. Um, and the thing I remember is that we pretty much, I mean, all huge Tiger fans, Craig might've been hung over on the couch. I can't remember, uh, but <laughs> I, I would not that, have been cheering for Tiger regardless. <laughs> yeah. Craig was still pulling for Rory. Um, that might've even been pre-Rory. Pre-Rory. That's pre-Rory. definitely pre-Rory. There wasn't a lot of hope for people to pull <laughs> no. more besides him. Um, but, uh, I remember sitting next to my buddy, Tyler Welligan. And, uh, so all of us had the exact same reaction as Tiger that everybody's seen a million times, but it's like, you know, we're all like, the chip is, is he chips it up and is rolling towards the hole. And we're all like, Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And it kind of starts to stop. We're all like, Oh, just for that brief <laughs> moment. And we're like, Oh, and then, yeah, you know, it, it just mirrored exactly the reaction of, Everybody there, the yeah. sounds from the TV and everything. I even think Welligan and I like missed our high five, just like Tiger and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And then, you know, the the thing about that moment that uh, that is often forgot is that Tiger then went on to bogey seventeen and eighteen, and right, and it against Demarco, who almost took that Masters. Um, he ended up winning it on the first playoff hole with a birdie. But, you know, that chip means so much less if he doesn't close that out too. So absolutely, uh, that was big. And and it was also, it had been a few years, like Tiger won the 2000, 2001 Masters. Um, and then he, he didn't, or I guess, no, sorry, it was maybe 2001, 2002. Anyway, it had been a few years. Um, so it was nice to see him, see him get his win. I think think was it phil that put the jacket on him i don't remember i mean the only thing i remember was like 
uh, like seeing it when it happened and then like watching the replay like hundreds of times in the weeks afterwards and you're like like obviously there's gonna be movies made about tiger woods one day and i just remember thinking that like if i saw this in that like cheesy sports movie bio sports biography movie you wouldn't believe that it's that dramatic you know like it didn't pause there for a second with the (laughs) nike logo perfectly (laughs) like pointed up the right way on the ball and then pause there and then fall in like no that's not reality (laughs) and then the nike commercial that came out it was like you know talking about all tigers things and like and he couldn't even center the logo (laughs) 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 it was awesome it was awesome that was probably like peak tiger at that at that point it's like um, it's one of those moments that doesn't feel like it's real. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, anyways, guys, we've we've gone way on here. Um, yeah. That's our that's our master's preview. I think I think we've said everything. Well, we got it. We could probably we talk could for say more. two hours. <laughs> we, we set <laughs> the stage. What What are you guys doing next week leading up to the masters? Well, I mean, uh, first things we'll be we'll, we will be doing a, another pod to recap the Houston Open, uh, you know, which in there we've talked about the guys who are playing this week that are going to be playing next week. So I think that's going to be some of the most interesting things that we'll be yeah, really looking at. Sure. But uh, you know, we'll have a whole bunch of content up on YouTube, uh, and then we are going to do a live Twitch. I don't know if we've decided it's going to be either Monday or Tuesday night. Um, yeah, but TBD. we'll let you we'll let you know on on uh, the next podcast for sure. And on Twitter at Grandstand Golf. Right on. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking Masters Preview with you, and we look forward to <laughs> talking more golf in the future. Take care, everybody. See you guys. See you guys next time. Thanks a lot.